Wealth Within offers a range of investment and educational services to help you secure your financial future. Whether you're an aspiring trader or simply want to increase the strength of your portfolio, Wealth Within are dedicated to maximising your investment returns. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. I thought I'd actually talk about um, the Victorian government's increase in their grant uh, or in their stamp duty cuts for first home buyers or first home owners. And I've actually downloaded the media release um, from the Victorian government just to have a bit of a look about what it is, because it's been in the media a little bit lately, mainly because um, as of the 1st of July, which is not too far away, it's you know probably six, seven weeks out of the 1st of July, there's a couple of things happening. Obviously, there's a grant at the moment, which is $7,000 for purchases of established housing stock, and that's going to inc- conclude on the 30th of June. So if the people in Victoria or first-home buyers in Victoria are wanting to buy a, a home, an existing constructed home or existing home, um, then it's, as of the 30th of June, they won't be able to get that uh, grant of $7,000. So if you're thinking about, uh, or if you know somebody who's a first-home buyer and thinking about buying a property, they need to get in and sign a contract prior to the 30th of June to be able to get that $7,000. They also uh, have got um, a stamp duty concession for those people as well, but that will continue on, I believe. Um, I think it's around about 40% uh, the stamp duty cut on that. But the interesting thing to me is that uh, the government's trying to, or the government, it's a normal thing that governments are trying to do. They're trying to stimulate the economy. They're trying to stimulate um, employment. And they're trying to do that through the housing sector and they, uh, the Victorian governments are saying, well, you know, it's uh, going to create more jobs in the construction sector and uh, a key part of our state's economy. And the interesting thing is, to me, it's, it's consistently over the years, uh, over decades and decades and decades, consistently the government goes and tries to support the housing sector, but yet we're struggling on a lot. There's so many small businesses that need help. They need less red tape, less paperwork, less all sorts of things and, and better services for them. And yet they're the ones that employ most of the people. And to me is why just concentrate on one sector? Why aren't you looking at other different things? And to me, I don't think it's going to actually increase much in the employment prospects because when you're looking at housing in, uh, in Victoria, you're talking about the median house price in uh, Melbourne is around... or not much below $700,000. Now, if you're looking at buying a house for $700,000, that means you're going to have to have, you know, a big whack of money to be able to buy it. That said, they're trying to stimulate the growth around the fringe areas. Now, a lot of these young people may or may not want, they have been having to go out 30, 40 kilometres out of the city to actually be able to afford a property out in those areas. And often banks are a little bit, um, less likely to lend in those areas because of the property prices, demand, a whole range of other things. Because they look at the risk they're taking if the, the person defaults on the loan, then they need to then sell that and how easy it is for them to, to sell it. So sometimes for new constructions, they might lend a little bit less. But let's say the house in a in a fringe suburb is that's $400,000 house, that they're buying a brand new house, $400,000. Now, that house to, to buy that house, they're going to need twenty percent deposit, uh, you know, to be able to afford to do that, which is about eighty thousand dollars. I don't know many young people that have got eighty thousand dollars to put into a home, but then once you get the home, then it's carpets, then um, um, curtains, furniture, a whole range of other things. So you can add another thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars worth of spending for them to set that home up. And to me, what's 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 actually happening is it's, is people are actually then 
getting much more into debt because then they're getting Harvey Norman, you know, interest-free, one- and two-years interest-free cards and all of those sorts of things. And they're creating a financial issue down the problem. So whilst I applaud the government for actually trying to do different things, but you've got to look at the whole bigger picture, is something like $7,000, you know, like um, from July 1 this year, the first homeowner grant for building a new property or newly constructed um, houses, apartments, uh, it is going to move from seven to ten thousand dollars. So they only have ten thousand dollars. Great, but that's going to be taken up just in putting the carpet in the house. Um, and to my my mind, and obviously they've got stamp duty of forty percent for all first homeowners taking effect on July thirteenth. For somebody who's buying a new property, the land the land tax on is uh, sorry the the stamp duty is only on the land only, not the building only. So if the land's you know sixty thousand dollars, you're only getting forty percent of the of the tax back off that. Um, Sixty thousand dollars for the land, so you've got to look at those sorts of things. It's more beneficial. I mean, that forty percent is going to still be in place for people, uh, first home buyers buying an existing property. So it's much more beneficial to those people because obviously it's on the whole dwelling as well as the land from that point of view. But to me, you know, you've got to look at the banks lend less for apartments. So if you're looking at buying a brand new apartment off the plan, let's say down on the, the docklands or some area like that. You know, you're talking about the banks are going to lend you less money, so you're going to need more of a deposit. So I'm not sure it's really going to solve the problem, but to me it, it's more about what should you be doing with your money. And as, as a young person, it's statistically proven and time and time and time and time again that it's far more profitable for you from the long term to rent and put your money into investments like the shares and buying investment property. So sometimes it's sort of, we, we go, wow, look, you know, we can get $10,000 from the government to buy a first property to live in. Now, you can get that if you're 45 or you're 25, as long as it's your first home that you're going to live in. But to me, I've, for decades, I've actually lived in houses that my name wasn't on the title, simply because there's far more tax deductions and the government supports you more by doing it that way and you can live, then live wherever you like and when you're a growing family or a young couple looking to do things you're a little bit more transient for your jobs you, you're changing jobs every couple of years so you can, if you're renting somewhere you can pick up and move somewhere else I think Australians need to shift their thinking in that I have to buy the dream home to live in myself because the cost of owning a home is not really an asset in my book. It's more of a, it's a negative thing. So all the interest you're paying on your loan, and it's been statistically proven that if you pay off a home loan over 25 years, you've all the interest payments equal to or greater than the total sum value of that house in 25 years' time. So really it's just enforced savings. It's not an investment. And we need to start teaching our children and the younger people that's not necessarily the way to go. I would rather teach children to say, or my young young adults, you know, 25, instead of putting your fifty hundred thousand dollars or whatever you've just into a house that you want to live in for yourself and put your name on the title... Put your name on a title on another house where, you know, you can afford and put somebody else into it so that they're paying rent and they're helping you pay that house off and the government's helping you pay it or the federal government's helping you pay it through your tax incentives and everything else and then you can use that to multiply and keep going. And that's really where I'm going with this podcast is, well, it's nice for the governments to say, hey, look, we're going to try and stimulate the economy and create jobs. I don't think it's really sorry for this paper turning. I've got, I'm looking at... Uh, the, uh, the the release of the the government, but whilst I think it's great the government's trying to do some, something, but to me it's more of a broader thing. Well, why aren't we trying to help the people that do all the employment, not just the housing sector? And I think you know, and especially has uh, and this is a whole new subject, and I'm not even going to go into really 
um, is that so many people are getting ripped off by poor builders right across Victoria, right across New South Wales. I don't think it's as bad in Queensland. You're getting builders that are overcharging and under-delivering and building crappy crappy houses, and it's, it is just fix the industry first before you start letting them, trying to give them jobs. And I think that's a whole other issue um, that we could talk about. But to me, is is really gets down to it's not going to take the pressure off housing affordability. It's not going to, I don't really believe it's going to create more jobs. But more importantly, as I said, for a new person, uh, a young person, they should be putting money into investments like shares and investment property first before they start to buy their own home. I mean, really, do you re- up until you're 30, 35 and you're starting to have children, do you really need the home with your name on the title? I would be rather being a little bit more transient, living in, you know, uh, you know, townhouses or whatever else, and buying houses, which is what I've done to try and build up my wealth, and it's a far better way and a smarter way. So eventually then you can live in the house and live in the style that you want to live into. We've got to change our young people's thinking into investing first uh, and getting that happening first before looking to buy a house, uh, as I said, because to me it's just a cost of living living, living in a home with your name on the title. I'll leave it all with you, and, and uh, you know, you can... Uh, um, take that or leave it. It's just my, my own personal views. But uh, I look forward to chatting with you some more. If you've got some topics that you'd like us to chat about, either Janine or Blake or, or somebody, if you've got some questions you want to ask us to cover on these podcasts, please just info at Wealth Within. Just say, hey, Dale, I'd like to talk about this or here's my comment on that. What do you think? And we're really, really happy to always um, do podcasts and our thoughts and everything else. So hope you had a, um, a good week and look forward to chatting with you next time on Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillan, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Take care. Talking Wealth was brought to you by Wealth Within. To learn how you too can maximise your investment returns, call 1300 Share Trade.